theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Whatever you need, God is able to do it. We're going to invite my good friend who is just not only my good friend, his family's good friends with our family, but most importantly, he's a strategic partner here at Extraordinary Church and he's just tapped in. I want you to give, give Josh Rezar a virtual, an extraordinary virtual welcome as he comes to the pulpit to preach the word of God. God is going to move in Jesus' name. Come on, my friend. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. It is so good to be here. And uh, we just, we love Extraordinary Church. We believe, we believe now, we are somewhere different all the time, but we believe that this is just like home to us. And we love you. We, I'm telling you, we love you and we believe in you. We believe that God has his eye on you. And we are believing for great things. Amen. This, uh, what a great opportunity to be here. Our good friends and your wonderful pastor and first lady, Pastor Akil and Sarah. We love them so much and they are our friends. Thank you so much for believing in us. It means the world to my family. And, uh, well, I guess the only thing left to do is for me to preach to you guys. Amen. I am, I am believing for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I am believing for God to step into your house and to give a miracle where you are needing. I do not care. Now, I'm not trying to be rude and unkind, but let me just say it like this to y'all. I don't care if you have cancer, if you got diabetes, whatever it is that you're facing, because I know a God whose name is Jesus, who can do absolutely anything that you need. The only thing that you need to do is have faith. Because if your faith, if your faith can meet a God who makes impossibilities become possible, there is no telling what can happen and transpire in your life today. Hallelujah, Jesus. I am believing for something great today. You know, before I get started, I want to leave you with one thought. Mary and Joseph, when Mary was pregnant with Jesus, they came to the inn. They were there at the inn. And the innkeeper said, I've got no room for you. You'll have to go out to the barn. My question to you is today, have you got room for Jesus to come into your home? You know, that innkeeper, he had no capacity 
in his home, in his inn, for the divine presence and birth of a king. But today, I wonder, have you got the capacity? Have you got the availability in your life, in your home, that when the presence of the master steps in, there's somewhere for him to dwell. God's not just interested in coming in and visiting you today. God's interested in turning your life into a dwelling place. That's what he wants to do. He wants to take your life and turn it into a dwelling place. And that's what's going to happen today. If you have your Bibles, and if you would turn with me to the book of John, chapter number 20. The book of John, chapter number 20. I'm going to be going to verses 6 and 7. Verses 6 and 7. I don't intend to preach long today because I am believing that at a certain moment that God's going to step in. And I am believing for God to confirm his word with signs following. So I'm going to the book of John, chapter number 20, verses 6 through 7. And says, Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen cloths lie. Verse 7, And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself. And I'm going to preach to you this afternoon on this subject, the sign of the conqueror. The sign of the conqueror. Would you put your Bibles down and would you begin to lift up your hands right now with an expectation? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to be gathered together online to be able to lift up your name and glorify your name. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would pour out your spirit upon every single empty vessel under the sound of my voice. Open the heavens. And I pray, Lord Jesus, let the winds of Pentecost blow. Let the winds of Pentecost flood into the lives of people that are listening right now. In the name of Jesus, whenever you see fit for this service to be over, I pray, Father, that you would confirm your word with signs following people overflowing heal the sick hallelujah Jesus let your name be glorified father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth hallelujah if you're standing in your home I would you can be seated right now in the name of Jesus 
it is something that we have all faced at some point in our lifetime. It is something that we've all had to go through. It's something that we all know somebody else has had to face. It's one of the hardest things in life that we have to go through and handle. But it's something that at some point in life you will go through and face if you haven't already. It's one of the hardest things that we... we that we we tend to need to get over and it's something that when anyone that you know has had to go through it and that is when somebody that you've put your trust in lets you down when you had so much trust in somebody yet you come to a place where they let you down. Peter and probably most, if not all of the disciples had found themselves in this place. They were fishermen, broke with nothing to offer. When Peter had first laid his eyes on Jesus and heard the words for the very first time calling to him, come follow me. Peter had dropped everything that he had. He dropped his livelihood. He dropped what was a support for life living to follow this man who was different. For three years, Peter followed Jesus. He heard his teachings. He heard his words of instruction. He heard his thoughts. He heard his knowledge on the scripture. He watched as he taught the people and confounded the wise but gave hope to the hopeless. He watched and saw the countless miracles that Jesus did. And he, there he was hearing and walking and walking in the very footsteps of Jesus Christ. Yet the day came where it all came crashing down. The soldiers came and bound Jesus and took him to Calvary. And there, as Jesus hung on the cross, Peter watched as the one that he put all of his faith in hanging on the cross. And the thoughts that were going through Peter's mind, he knew what Jesus was able to do. He knew that there was nothing impossible with Jesus. He knew that while on the cross, he would have been able to take himself down. But yet Peter was there looking and wondering, Jesus, why are you allowing this to happen in your life? Why? I put all of my trust in you. I put all of my faith in you. And there you are, me looking on the cross, seeing you, not coming down. What looked like was a place of defeat 
by Peter's eyes, Jesus was saying, this is where it begins. Imagine Peter was the last three years of Peter's life the right decision that he made. Did Peter really make the right decision? And not to mention the thoughts going through Peter's mind, did I make the right choice? Is the one that I put all of my faith and trust in, am I being let down? But on top of it all, you look at Peter's last encounter with Jesus. It was failure. Jesus told Peter, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. And three times, Peter denied knowing Jesus. And the Bible says that at the last time that he denied him, Jesus turned the cock crowed, and Jesus and Peter looked at one another. Not only the questions circling in Peter's mind, but now Peter was having to carry around failure on his back. After the crucifixion, there was Peter with the only thing to hang on to was the past memories of what Jesus had done over the last three years. But the freshest memories that was in his mind was questioning whether or not he made the right choice. And with the weight of failure on his back, he was having to carry around the failure flooded soul and the wonder if I made the right choice. Peter was now in a place where not only was he carrying around an emptiness of what he believed, but he was carrying around a failure. He was also fearful for his life that because he was a follower of Jesus, that they would might try to come and capture him and put him to death. After the crucifixion, Joseph took the body of Jesus, and with the help of Nicodemus, they wrapped Jesus in fine linen. They wrapped his body in fine linen, and they took him into the tomb. But before they left, they took a napkin, and they folded the napkin and put it on his head. And they left the tomb, and they closed it up. Mary was on her way to the tomb when she witnessed a sight that would forever be life-changing. She saw the door to the tomb opened and she ran and told Peter and John of what she saw. And when Peter heard, he and John began to run. John outran Peter and got to the tomb first, but John did not run inside of the tomb. He stopped outside and he just peered in. But Peter, Peter carrying around failure, carrying the weight of failure in his life and the 
doubt within his spirit was running towards the symbol of what was left of what he put all of his trust in. You see, he saw Jesus on the cross, but now that Jesus was dead, and when they wrapped him and buried him, the tomb itself was a symbol, a representation of everything that he held on to for three years. And when Peter was running, when he looked in the distance running toward the tomb, there he saw the symbol of everything that he put his faith and trust in. And as he began to run, he ran right by John and refused to stop because there was a hope of restoration that he was looking for. He ran inside of the tomb and he stopped and he looked and he saw the linen tossed to the side but yet he also saw a napkin that was folded neatly and set down. John 20 and 7 and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen cloths but wrapped together in a place by itself. You see, it was a sign that Jesus left for Peter because he knew that Peter would be the first one to come in. You see, in Jewish tradition, when a master was going to eat, the servant would set the table. He would have everything in place and the master would come and sit down at the table and begin to eat if the master was finished he would take the napkin and throw it to the side signifying to the servant it's time for you to come and clean up but if the master had to get up and abruptly leave, but wasn't finished yet, he would be coming back. He would take the napkin and he would fold it neatly and set it down at the table. And that when the servant would come in, the servant would see the napkin folded neatly and say, oh, the master is not done. The master is coming back. Oh, but I feel a preach coming on me now. You see, when Peter ran into the tomb, the symbol of what held his doubt and fear, when he ran in and he saw the linen cloths tossed to the side, it was a sign from the conqueror that Jesus said, Peter, I'm finished with the tomb. I'm finished with death. I'm not coming back to the tomb. I'm not coming back to the thing that held your faith hostage. I finished death. I finished hell. And I finished the grave. But Peter looked again. And there the linen cloth that was thrown down took care of 
Peter's doubts of what of what if if he made the right choice in following Jesus but there Jesus also knew failure was on his back and Jesus left another sign that said Peter I'm leaving you a sign because I am not gonna leave you with your failures. I'm not gonna leave you comfortless, Peter. I am coming back. And so when Peter saw the folded napkin that was there, it was another sign from the conqueror that was saying, Peter, I'm not finished with humanity yet. I've I told you, I've left you a sign saying, I'm done with the grave. But Peter, I want you to know that I am coming back because I will take care of the failures that you're carrying around. I will take care of what's flooding your soul, Peter. I'm not going to leave you comfortless, but I am coming back it was the sign of the conqueror stating i've conquered i've risen i'm alive and i'm coming back to humanity the folded napkin was not by accident. The folded napkin was not a coincidence. The folded napkin was stating the very thing that causes confusion and doubt. And Jesus is saying, I have conquered your confusion. I have conquered your doubt. I am coming back. I've come to preach to you today. I've come to declare to you today that the very thing that has a grip on your promise, the very thing that has caused you to waver in unbelief, the very thing that has caused you to doubt, Jesus is saying, I've already conquered it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But in due time, the conqueror is coming back. The conqueror is stepping in. And the conqueror is going to turn everything around. You need to understand, God is working in the background. You need to realize that even though it may seem bad, even though it may seem like there's no hope, even though it may seem like there's not a light at the end of the tunnel, I've come to tell you today, the sign of the conqueror is about to come into your life. The sign of the conqueror that is stating, I have not left you, but I am coming 
back to you hallelujah Jesus oh come on now somebody come on now somebody is there anybody who's had a promise from God is there anybody who's received a promise from God and it just seems like it's not happening it's not coming through the fulfillment is not happening I've come to preach and declare to you today that God has not forgotten you that God has not left you but he's working in a time space that you cannot see he's working in a realm that you don't even understand or know Oh boy, I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to sit there and I want you to think of the promise that God has given to you and that you're sitting there believing for. And the enemy has tried to put lies within you that says God's not going to do it. God's not going to come through. Well, I'm prophesying in the Holy Ghost that the sign of the conqueror is coming to your life and God is going to fulfill what his promise was. (laughs) Your faith in him is not being conquered by the circumstances that surround your promise but your promise is at work with the one who has conquered all you you remember you remember the nation of Israel when they went into Jericho they were told to march around the walls seven times they didn't know they didn't know what was going to take place but there they were there they were day one they marched day two they marched day three they marched you want to know what faith does faith causes you to wake up in the morning and walk another day because when you go through another day and you don't see the promise come to pass it just means you you're one day closer to the promise being fulfilled in your life. God's promises are yea and amen. God's promises are not slack. They are not lies. But I've come to declare. I've come to preach. I've come to speak that your promise is going to come to pass. Oh. It was the sign of the napkin in Peter's life that declared to Peter what you have put your trust in is still alive. Yet Peter was still carrying around the failure that would haunt him. I mean, this this guy was given the keys of the kingdom and he was a failure. Yet, there would be another sign that the conqueror would give to triumph over Peter's failure. It was something that would change his perspective. It was something that would ignite a fire within him. It was something that would release the guilt 
and the shame off of his life. It was something that would set his soul ablaze and reaffirm that his failure was not going to hold him hostage. Because failure has the tendency to bury us in the ground. And the enemy, the devil, has a tendency to dig shallow graves and put people who are so bound with failure in a shallow grave and bury you to the point where it seems like there's no help, where it seems like there's no hope, where it seems like that you're now believing the lie that he has spoken to you that says you're no good, you're worthless, you're trash. There is nothing that you can amount to that is good. You might as well just stay in the shallow grave that the enemy had buried you in and there's no point on getting out. Oh, but I've come to preach and to let you know that there is no grave that was strong enough to hold the power of his resurrection. Ezekiel 37 and 13 and ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves O my people and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and ye shall live and I shall place you in your land then shall you know that I the Lord have spoken it and performed it saith the Lord it was once his spirit was put in them that he would place them into promise watch what Peter experienced there he was he was given the keys, but yet he was a failure. He was given the keys but of the kingdom, but yet he had that failure and weight on his back. But there was a day that finally came that took care of all of the shame and guilt in his life. Acts chapter number 2 verses 1 through 4 and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled they were all filled they were all 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 everybody everybody every single person was filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. God had put his spirit within them and them includes Peter, the one who failed, the one who messed up, the one who it seemed like there was no purpose anymore for. God put his spirit within him and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost.
Ghost. And when Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost, it was the sign of the conqueror stepping in and overcoming every bit of failure and every bit of shame that he carried around in his life. He was empowered on the day of Pentecost. Before that, he was weighed down with failure. But on the day of Pentecost, he became empowered with power from on high. I've come to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it does not matter what your background is. It does not matter how bad of a life that you lived. Because when God puts his spirit within you, he empowers you and changes your life to be made for his glory. I hope it's okay that I'm getting rowdy. Now watch this. Watch this now. Peter, Jesus never took the keys away. Peter still had the keys. And after he was empowered, he stood up to a multitude of people. In Acts chapter number 2, verse 38 and 39. He just finished preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. He just preached oneness. And all of a sudden, everybody there stands and looks and said, Dude, what do we got to do? What do we need to do? And Peter who still had the keys, but was empowered from a power from on high, stood up and said, failure will not dictate what I'm going to do in the future. And he walked up to them and said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said what we just experienced back there. He said y'all are going to experience it now but watch else what Peter does. He said, I'm going to make sure that the words that I declare right now are going to go all through time until the coming of the Lord comes. He said, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call Peter said I want you to know I want humanity to be the very first I want you people here to be the very first of humanity to hear these words I want you to know that this is what's going to happen that if you repent and you are baptized 
baptized that you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost it's not a question whether or not that you might receive it it is a promise that God has given to you and you need to quit allowing the doubt of the enemy to slip, slip in and cause you to think it's not for you I want every single person under the sound of my voice right now to hear these words the baptism of the Holy Ghost is a promise for you hallelujah the infilling of the Holy Ghost was a sign of the conqueror stepping into your life and defeating every single thing of your past. Romans 8, 35, 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? As it is written... For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height depth or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord in all these things we are more than conquerors why because it is the conquering power of his love that is put inside of you when you are filled with the Holy Ghost Jesus said Behold, I make all things new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if the, if the musicians would come. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It is the new birth being born again of the water and spirit. Baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost that makes the old become new again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter was not held hostage by his past failure because the conqueror came in. Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Oh yes, I have fallen. Oh yes, I have failed. But there's a conqueror who's coming. There's a conqueror who's coming in and is going to give me hope again. 
the sign of the conqueror. He wants to fill you with his spirit today. He wants to fill you overflowing today. I'm going to walk you through on what to do. The first thing is you must have faith. God is going to do what he said he would do. But you must believe. You must have faith. He's coming. He wants to take your life, which is so broken. And God looks at your broken life. I feel I'm in the Holy Ghost. God is looking at your broken life and he says, I want to dwell inside of that because your brokenness cannot remain broken when the conqueror steps in. Behold, I make all things new. Believe that he's come to dwell in you. The second thing is we need to repent because you cannot receive the Holy Ghost without true repentance. Say, Josh, what is that? That's asking God for forgiveness in your life. And I'm not just talking about exposing a small area of your life exposing everything of your life and saying, Jesus, forgive me in everything that I have done wrong in my life. Forgive me of every single sin that I've done. Now I'm going to walk us through repentance right now. Now, please do not just repeat what I say. You can use the words that I say, but it must come from your heart. It's got to come from your heart. So let's do it together right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me, Father, in every single area that I have done wrong. Forgive me, Lord Jesus, in every single fault and failure that I have messed up in. I am so sorry where I've done wrong. I am so sorry where I have failed you. I am so sorry, Jesus. I want my life to be made better. I want my life to be put back. I want purpose again. I want hope in my life. Come on, let the Lord walk through your mind. Let him walk through your soul. Let him walk through the corridors of your heart. Come on, there are some people right now that have tears running down their face. Presence of God is coming all around you right now. The presence.
presence of the conqueror is stepping into your atmosphere right now. Now, if you've repented, you're done. It's done. If you have asked God to forgive you, it's over. It is no more. He has forgiven you. Now, right now, what I want you to do is stand to your feet. Stand up on your feet right now. Do not stay kneeling down in a place of defeat, but stand up because you're about to be in a place of victory. Now what I'm gonna do, in order to receive the Holy Ghost, number one, we've got to worship God. You can hold your hands, go hold your arms just like this. Don't. You don't need to go all the way up here. You're going to get tired. All right? This is, let's be comfortable right now. Okay? Relaxed. Here we go. Our arms are up. We're ready to receive. Second thing is, you have got to open up your mouth. You will not receive the Holy Ghost with your mouth closed. But when you open your mouth and begin to worship God, Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are going to begin to feel a presence come around you. Your tongue is going to begin to shake. Your chin is going to begin to shake. And by faith, you must open your mouth and speak aloud words that you don't understand to just speak it out by faith you have to speak it out and just let it go and that is God filling you that's the sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost I'm gonna pray the prayer of faith there are people at home right now I believe you are gonna receive the gift of the Holy Ghost if you're here right now and you do not have the Holy Ghost, God is going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Right now, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. Heavenly Father, by the authority and by the power of the name Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would open the windows of heaven. Open up heaven and let your power and presence flow into the home of the people that are online right now in the name of Jesus receive ye the Holy Ghost begin to worship hallelujah Jesus shout it out hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah that's it that's it that's it hallelujah hallelujah we're feeling that Thanks for listening to our podcast. 
Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.